Central. This is Tech Radio. All things computers, gadgets and web happening right now in Ireland. Hear us anytime on iTunes or download from techcentral.ie. Tech Central. Hello there and welcome to Tech Radio, the number one Irish tech podcast with you every Friday morning with your favourite podcasting app or of course Friday evenings on RTE Radio. My name is Dusty Rhodes. Welcome to show number 927. I'm joined by always uh, by our editor uh, Niall Kitson. Uh, Niall, we're already having an argument about what's the big story of the week. I say the James Webb Space Telescope, one of the biggest tech stories like in the last decade and you go nope. Uh, I, I'm going to I'm gonna say everything else we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> because the fact that we can see what happened just after the Big Bang that created the entire, all of the universe and all of the galaxies that surround us and our tiny little planet floating here in the middle of the ether, uh, you don't care about any of that. Okay, let's talk about Twitter then. Go on. Oh, come on. You you care about this stuff uh, more than I do, which is not to say that I don't. Uh, It's just to say that comparatively speaking, you are incredibly excited about this. I wouldn't say incredibly excited, but anyway, anyway, let's let's get on with something that's that's closer to home. Elon Musk. Okay. (laughs) Closer to home, Elon Musk. What planet is he on? Um, Yeah. So it looks like the Twitter deal is off Mm. uh, unless Twitter has its way and sues him into buying them, which I think is hilarious. Um, So yeah, Musk came out and said, look, I offered you $44 billion. I wanted certain assurances. Uh, particularly about fake accounts on Twitter. You didn't give them, uh, to my satisfaction anyway. I didn't get the information I wanted. Uh, so I'm walking away from the deal. That's it. Done. No no more uh, Twitter purchase for this guy. Uh, to which Twitter said, um, hang on, we, we have an agreement here. Uh, you made sort of a, an agreement with us. We got, you know, we, we were all ready to sell to you and now you're walking away. Uh, no, not, not too happy about that. Um, yeah, let's let's go ahead and sue you in Delaware to make sure this merger actually goes through. Uh, Delaware being particularly business friendly mm. uh, state uh, in America, you find that an awful lot of the big tech companies are incorporated in Delaware because there's no corporation tax over there. I gather is the that's it. Yeah, yeah, and it's much easier to set up the company and and less regulation and all that kind of stuff. That's why they do it. Um, d- <sighs> Do you think anything's actually going to happen? Because you know yourself, once once you start litigation and lawyers, and so, it's going to go on for years. It's going to go on. Uh, apparently, in the original merger agreement, there is a $1 billion breakup clause. So, I don't know, minimum, it'll cost uh, Musk a billion to walk away from this okay, deal. Yeah, well, that's small money when you're talking about either of those companies, isn't it? Well, yeah, but Musk was uh, go- he was going to finance the deal with um, with debt as mm. well. So it's going to be a mixture of his personal uh, personal wealth, mm. such as it is, uh, which we reckon has taken a hit of a hundred billion dollars from November uh, last year to now. Um, one wonders how that could be. One imagines it's all to do with things locked up in the stock market, and per chance. Something to do with digital assets, uh, which we won't go too far into. Uh, so, yeah, he's losing money. Um, he has decided he's not going to, you know, fork out big money on what effectively is a white elephant that he would have to run uh, and deal with all the flack about moderation. 
uh, and guess what? Fake accounts on the platform uh, that, you know, he just couldn't be bothered with. Because as we know, like this all came down to somebody pricked his ego on Twitter and he threw his toys out of the pram and said, I'm going to buy the platform. That's exactly That's what I was going to say. It's nothing to do with money. It's all to do with uh, uh, ego. Because when you have that much money, nothing is ever to do with money. It's all to do with uh, uh, ego. That's it. Yeah. These things just become telephone numbers and they stop losing meaning there you go. Uh, for you. And it becomes about, you know, the cause, inverted commas. Yeah. Listen, speaking of people doing uh, dodgy things, Uber have been having some uh, accusations lobbed at them. Yeah. I mean, last year we had Frances Haugen, the woman who blew the whistle on Facebook, uh, and told us out loud what we thought they were saying internally. That, yeah, guess what? They know their platform is harmful to people. They know what they're doing with misinformation and targeted advertising. Um, there was no surprises. Um, the only surprise was that Facebook willingly did it. Um, now we are getting to a similar stage with Uber, uh, a company that I've no real experience with, really. or, yeah, well I, I i have some experience with uber um but as we all know uber is you know a disruptor inverted commas mm. which basically means that they they developed a platform for traffic management or for you know taxi and and private car hire management it didn't actually want to get into the business of taxis and private car hire so they sort of marketed themselves as a platform company. We're not actually responsible for whatever happens using our platform. We're a gig economy company. You buy into the platform and you manage it your own way. You you do what you gotta, mm. um, which is a wonderful way of absolving yourself for uh, responsibility of what people using your platform do. They also introduced this ridiculous policy of surge pricing, which basically looks at, you know, how badly do you need this ride right now? Well, guess what? You're not you're not going to pay what you might have paid for a taxi. I know. I, I've done that before. I don't like that surge pricing, and and I'll tell you why. Right? Because mm. I had I've been thinking about it when when I knew this was coming up on the show. Right? Mm. The surge pricing is to do with when they can't meet the demand, they will charge you more. Mm. But the problem is, why can't you meet the demand? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, sorry can't do my job, can't get it to you fast enough or quick enough or blah, 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 blah whatever. So I'll tell you what, uh, let me just lob on 50%. Yeah. It's then like, you'll definitely get a car. It's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. Why are, you know, kind of like, I mean, I, I use it when I'm away or something like that, but it's, 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 I, was, I was away on holiday and we went to an event. This is how I dis- discovered surge pricing, right? Uh, we took an Uber taxi there to whatever event it was we were going to. It was 30 quid or whatever. Um, then of course, coming back, everybody wanted an Uber. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So there's not yeah. enough around. And with surge pricing, it was quoting me a hundred euro for the same journey back. As, uh, I mean, we ended up getting a lift and going off somewhere like, you know, whatever, 10 miles away. Somebody gave us a lift half the way there or whatever. And it all got sorted. But that kind of, that thing where, sorry, we don't have the resources to meet the demand. So we're jacking up the price. And actually, yeah. do you know what? That's happened with one of the airlines. And I think it's Lufthansa with the uh, one of the routes from Germany into Dublin. And they're more or less kind of saying, look, we don't have the capacity uh, to be able to handle the amount of people who want to go there. So every seat in our flight is business class price. 
Yeah. So w- one of the things that we're finding out through Mark McGann, uh, who leaked 124,000 uh, files, including, you know, IM chats and everything, you, was sort of... Um, they knew exactly what they were doing when they came in and established the gig economy, but they were also very good at lobbying uh, EU member states to make sure the political infrastructure was in place that they could move into these comp- countries and wouldn't have to worry about the same kind of regulations as taxes and private car firms would have to. Um, they actually lobbied um, Liv Radker over here quite, um, uh, you know, quite um, heavily. Heavily. Thank you very much. Uh, however, uh, in Ireland, we have a deregulated taxi market. So Uber would actually have no impact. And as a result, you can only be an Uber driver in Ireland if you happen to, ho- if you happen to own a taxi license or a private car hire license, like a limousine license. Those are the only two classes of people that can uh, be Uber drivers at the moment. And I have met taxi drivers that they use all the apps. Yeah, and Uber is one of them. And they say, you know, Monday to Friday, I'll be a taxi. Maybe on the weekend, I'll do Uber. Possibly because they can charge more, you know. (laughs) Uh, I will tell you this much Mm -hmm. uh, about surge pricing. Have you used Uber Eats? No, I haven't. There is a place that we order from quite regularly and dinner will cost us 28 euro. Including delivery, all Mm -hmm. that sort of stuff normally. It's it's not cheap, but it's not not the worst either, you know. Uh, We got... Uh, quoted through Uber Eats 40 euro for the exact same meal three days later on a Saturday. Because there's so, not enough people around. To, um, yeah. Yeah. So like we went in and we, we had a look at the, the menus and all that. And we went through and we're like, okay, it's three euro extra for a bag of chips. Yeah. They were costing us for, yeah. So we're like, okay, that's it. We're done. We're walking to the chipper in future. All right. Okay. So we're not, we're, we're definitely not Uber fans anyway. Um, Aha, we're not Uber Uber fans. N- no, we're not. Um, listen, speaking of bad value for money, and I think this is terrible. I, I hate the way the world is going uh, software as a service. Okay. So you used okay. to be able to buy a piece of software. It doesn't matter how expensive it was. I've paid whatever, 200 quid for Microsoft Office. Uh, I've spent a grand on Pro Tools or whatever it happens to be. All right. Now they're all monthly rental. All right. So Microsoft mm. Office, like you're renting it for whatever, 100 quid a year. Every single year. Uh, Pro yeah. Tools, you're renting it for, for 25 quid a month every single month. And that's like kind of works out at 300 quid a year, which is half the price I would normally have paid for it. As a, anyway, so I don't like it. <laughs> I <I've> just <laughs> saw a story today. BMW. Yes, right. the car manufacturer is also bringing in subscriptions for to enable certain bits of software on the car. For example, the piece of software that controls the heating on the seats. 18 oh euro goodness. a month to enable that piece of software. Now, the heating is built into the seat and the seat has got heat <laughs> built into it, right? But if you want the on-off switch, it's 18 euro a month, every month. If you want the safety camera alerts, 30 quid a month. Every single month. If you want your high beams to be able to go on automatic, 12 quid a month. Now, I understand that they have done stuff with you know, with a, a music service or something within a car. Fine. All right. If you don't want to use Spotify or Apple Music or whatever, mm. and you want to pay BMW for their music, that's grand because that's an optional extra, really, isn't it? Mm. A, a maps would be another thing. Possibly if you want to be updated because, you know, Google Maps is not good enough for you or whatever. I can kind of understand them maybe charging a service for that. Heating. Hello. If you've put the damn heat in the damn seat, 
in the beautiful BMW car. <laughs> crazy. Absolutely crazy. Now, listen, we've run out of time to talk about the James Webb Telescope. <laughs> <laughs> That's all part of your sneaky little plan, Mr. Editor Boy, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but listen, very, me. very briefly, uh, do go online, all right? And this is what I'd say. And I'd say compare uh, images from Hubble and James Webb. And when you see them, it's like just insane. It's like looking at, do you remember the, the, the first Vodafone camera phones that came out? Mm-hmm. And how blurry those pictures are, if you, especially if you look yeah. at old photos from whatever. If you, the, the Hubble is like one of those, and the James Webb telescope is like having the very latest iPad or, or, or iPhone top end. Yeah. So it yeah. is absolutely unbelievable. There's loads and loads of techie reasons why we go into it. But if you just want to see, I think the comparison is where you will get it. Uh, the best on a quick Google search would search you well. All right, listen, that's it. That's all the news for today. Do remember, you can get the lowdown on all things tech in Ireland with hourly updates, daily newsletters and more, which you find at our website for you at techcentral.ie. This is Tech Central, your weekly tech podcast from Ireland's techcentral.ie. People are often afraid to reach out for help due to the stigma that still surrounds mental health issues. Opa Mind is a startup from the Insight Centre for Data Analytics at DCU, and they've been working on an app that can help break the workplace stigma around mental health by using artificial intelligence and voice recognition. Amy Awad is a co-founder of Opa Mind, and she spoke with Nal Kitson about how it all works. Amy, thanks for joining us on the show today. And I think the first thing it's important to stress when talking about Open Mind is that it's not a therapeutic solution. It's something very different. If you can tell us what the product does. Hi, Niall. Thank you so much for having me today. Uh, we're very excited to talk about our solution. Our uh, solution is uh, mainly focused on giving people an outlet, a platform to talk about their issues uh, without the fear of uh, judgment or uh, the stigma around mental health. It's mainly a voice diary powered by AI. Uh, it gives you uh, an anonymous and private uh, outlet uh, to talk freely about your issues, unload uh, and um, get the supporting tools that you need tailored specifically uh, for your uh, issues that you're struggling with. So I suppose to describe it uh, in the hand, if you will, it's effectively mm -hmm. a smartphone app where that you speak yeah. into. It goes through an AI and then you yeah. get sort of an output being sort of various information based on keywords, sentiment analysis, voice yeah. analysis. Uh, tell us a little bit about the process because at the start, you know, keeping a, a, a simple note to self or simple voice mm -hmm. diary sounds perfectly mm -hmm. fine. It's, it's what you can do. It's sort of getting that additional uh, information, but that sort of quantified self output is really where you, where you shine. So how does the exactly. box in the middle work? Uh, that's a very good question. It's it's mainly, yes, it is a voice diary at its core, uh, but uh, the AI behind it is uh, very high tech, state of the art, 
voice analysis tool. Uh, it's like uh, the Fitbit for but for emotional health. The same way that the Fitbit track all your uh, physical activities, uh, this AI track all your emotional activities and uh, try to uh, understand what you're saying, then provide you with tailored and personalized um, content uh, that can help you help yourself. Uh, in a way that while we're talking to ourselves might be much of a release, but we give people this tool on their phone that listens and understands without judgment. And the AI analyzes your speech, works in the background to create therapeutic reports, highlighting your emotional states, your triggers, and providing you with content to help yourself and improve your life. Something that no therapist or friend can do, not in a way that is available 24-7 and straight to the point. This is what you need. Read this content or use those tools to assist yourself. So in a way, uh, we we provide our fundamental operational uh, functionality, provide a wide range of matrix covering various um, emotional states, voice biomarkers, and other supporting uh, elements in the background working while you're speaking. I suppose the key word that we're looking for in talking about open mind is empowerment and giving people Definitely. the tools to, to understand what's happening with themselves. And exactly. do you think having that level of data, that level of insight on a rolling basis can really mm -hmm. help people identify whether now is the time to engage with a service or perhaps their issues yeah. are actually within their control uh, to a much greater extent than they would have thought. Definitely. It's like a mirror to yourself your inner self, uh, you gain understanding uh, about what's going on in your mind, what's working well in your life and what's not working. Giving you that kind of insight can be very empowering. First of all, you know that you're not going mad. You know that, okay, these are the issues that I need to work on. And these are the tools that I can use to improve my life. And by talking, you have this sense of being empowered. Now I can talk. I talked to this app for quite a while. I see my progress. I see my issues. Maybe now I'm ready to engage to the therapeutic community and take the final step. What's interesting about any sort of AI driven project is that the more data yeah. it has, the better it gets, the more, the more accurate yeah. it becomes. So exactly. how do you encourage people to sort of create their own for, for want of a better uh, way of expressing it, a sort of a, a normal baseline, if you will, to be able to recognize when, you know, a, a particular incident or particular uh, response has become problematic. Is it a case of, okay, you mm -hmm. should immediately start it in a, in a state of uh, distress or here's something, mm -hmm. just get used to it. You might need to yeah. use it, but do you know what? This is this is there as part of this uh, this voice diary. If you feel, um, yeah, if you feel you might need to talk to somebody, exactly. It's like a buddy in your pocket. Whenever you find uh, free time in your day, whether you're you know having your lunch break or picking up your kid, it's it's right there twenty four seven. When you feel like talking and you want to unload, it's available, and you can uh, just open up, uh, especially with this idea that we are, are, as people, it's very hard for us to talk uh, and unload and find the words sometimes when you're talking to another person. But when you take 
the person out of the equation. You're just talking to an app. You're liberated. The the amount of information that you will say and open up about uh, will be much more real to you. And uh, it's just out of your system. You're unburdened at that point. Uh, and it's all out there. Um, you're not carrying this um, all your issues as you go, you know that you have a place that is safe, that is anonymous, and it's there whenever you need it. So when we're talking about any data-driven project, invariably the issue of security comes up. Uh, and I Definitely. suppose from uh, your perspective, scalability also. Yeah. So how do you go about developing the correct infrastructure from the perspective of, okay, here's the hardware that will make it happen and that's fine. But mm-hmm. also from the perspective of, okay, we're using all this data, but it has to be kept secure at a policy level and at a physical level Definitely. as well. That's very, that's a, a core in Open Mind. We are, we have privacy by design. Uh, our uh, encryption service that anything that goes through our, our system is heavily encrypted and um, it's, it's never shared or passed or anything like that. Even the data that comes in is analyzed by the AI and then completely deleted and removed. It's there just for people to talk, the AI take it, analyze it, give you results, then it's gone. There's no trace of that. So privacy is very, very important and very essential. And we're driven by the whole mission of ethical AI and using AI uh, for good from the get-go. And I suppose then from a GDPR perspective, uh, governance plays a massive role in how the app is developed as well. Definitely. We have a whole team managing the uh, GDPR regulations uh, and uh, especially the GDPR in Europe. It's very, very clear. And uh, we have a whole team managing that aspect by our uh, head of governance, Gene Whelans. And we also have the support of our advisor, Thomas Ward, managing the whole privacy by design. We're not willing to compromise when it comes to privacy and following GDPR rules, no matter what. This is our core mission, uh, especially that we are in the mental health space, which is a very gentle and and, uh, private matter. Uh, And it's very important for us that our users and our customers know that they are in a safe space and their uh, information is and they're anonymous and it's very private. So coming from uh, an academic background, tell us how the company has come together because it's it's sort of a combination of Mm -hmm. research taking place in the Insight Center, but also with an entrepreneurial element as well. Yeah. um, uh, In the beginning, like I started as an academic, I was teaching in UCD and I did my PhD there in AI. Uh, But far long after focusing on teaching, I knew that I wanted to do something more. And I do want to apply my AI expertise in something that I feel good about. Uh, And if it's if I'm not using AI for good, I don't want to do it. (laughs) You know, you can go to a high tech uh, company and work there as a programmer or software engineer. But I knew that that will not spark joy. And when it comes to mental health, I'm, I'm very, very passionate about the whole mental health, uh, if I would say crisis, uh, struggling myself with depression and anxiety, uh, I knew that 
there is an issue when it comes to people and ability to talk to another person. Even if you go to therapy, there's this barrier. You're not going to talk without freely the same way that you would talk when you're with yourself. And it's actually been recommended by one of my therapists uh, at one of our sessions. He's like, you know, you're not saying everything. Why don't you just go home, open your voice knot and start talking? Uh, And I did that. uh, And what came out, it was mind blowing. And it was um, one of those moments that they say that you did a breakthrough in therapy, you know, and what I felt at that point by getting it off my chest as raw as it was, and then listening back to it, it was so empowering. And I've realized, I came to realization to many things that I was not aware of, or many triggers and, 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 and previous experiences and trauma that I was not able to communicate properly. Even though I used to go to therapy and I used to to not have a problem talking uh, with a therapeutic or engaging with the therapeutic community, but um, having no one around and just talking from the heart can be so empowering. So imagine having that in addition to other supporting tools that you get all the analysis of what you said and all this reflection, therapeutic reflection back to you on your phone without leaving your house or paying a fortune uh, and get the support that you need anywhere and everywhere where it's available for everybody, regardless of their geographic location, class, gender, or even their ability to seek help. That's fascinating that the idea for the project has come from your own experience, uh, particularly when looking at things like fitness devices or anything based on on sort of quantified self. uh, It it can sound like it's a case of features chasing features. um, But seeing as this was something that uh, came came from a very personal need, how has the product uh, developed since? Are you getting more people to contribute um, to yeah, find definitely. out, okay, look, we, we would love to have this answer asked, um, uh, added. We would love to have this feature over here, or maybe we would like the interface changed. Yeah. Uh, what sort of engagement have you had on that front? Yeah, we, we started, uh, we built our core AI in the Insight Center for Data Analytics at DCU with the supervision of Professor Thomas Ward. That's where the main pillar uh, of OpaMind was uh, created and formed. And then in-house in OpaMind, we um, recruited a bunch of uh, engineers to uh, develop the other uh, machine learning models and the other supporting tools. Our engineers uh, come from a very diverse background. Uh, they're uh, across, you know, four continents. Some of our engineers are in Vietnam, some of them in Ireland, in North Africa and Tunisia. And then we have our UX team designing the application in Miami, Florida. So we're spread out. We have all this diverse expertise that everyone is bringing their own uh, creativity and their way of thinking into a project where they're not just working uh, for Mind, they're working with us. They're all passionate about uh, the mental health uh, awareness and uh, 
they do want to play a role in that. It's very important that whenever we have someone on our team that they align with our mission, you're not just working in a tech company, but you're also making a difference when it comes to the mental health uh, situation worldwide. Speaking to that sense of mission that you have, you recently uh, were recognized by the World Economic Forum. So tell us a little bit yeah. about that experience. Uh, that's so exciting. It's it's amazing to get this kind of recognition from the World Economic uh, Forum uh, uplink. We won an award of, of a top innovator, uh, a global award, and uh, it's been um, submitted, our uh, project been submitted for the um, Youth Mental Health Challenge. So uh, we gained this global recognition after years of research and work. And it's very, very rewarding uh, to know that someone can see the potential in this uh, uh, application, this tool. And not just that, but it's, it's their main emphasis is you are trying by the World Economic Forum that we are trying to democratize the mental health uh, support accessibility that everyone have the right to have access to mental health support. It's not supposed to be for specific people that can do it, but it should be available everywhere in your pocket on your phone. And that was Amy Awad, co-founder of Open Mind, chatting with Niall Kitson. If you'd like to find out more about that, you can check out Amy's website. It's openmind.com, O-P-A-M-I-N-D.com. And of course, that link in the show notes for you. That's it for our show this week. Do remember, you can get the lowdown on all things tech in Ireland with hourly updates, daily newsletters and more at our website, techcentral.ie. Or of course, listen to us each week online or Fridays with RTE Radio and Extra. Until next time, from myself, Dusty Rhodes, and from Niall Kitson, Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. Get Tech Radio. Subscribe for free with iTunes or download on demand at techcentral.ie. Tech Radio is produced by digitalaudioproductions.com. Tech Central.